All right, so in case you haven't figured it out yet, today we're going to be speaking about the biblical meaning of the number 13. And, oh, and um, the number 13 is the scripture speaks to rebellion. You know, and so we're going to take a look at some of the many, many, many passages that, that um, helps us to come to this conclusion. You know, uh, starting with Genesis 1-1, or, um, well, 1-2, where it speaks about the face of the deep. You know, does anyone uh, remember what the deep represents? Yeah, the, the mind of the mind of ignorance, you know, um, because the deep is the dark waters, you know, so it's the dark truth. It's just the, it's the uh it's that which uh people are ignorant to, you know, and it just so happens that the words the deep is the thirteenth word. In scripture, you know, and it's via this 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 ignorance, you know, and this uh these dark truths that people rebel, you know, and so I thought that was pretty revelatory that it was the thirteenth um, word used in scripture, and then let us consider. Sodom and Gomorrah, because Sodom and Gomorrah also helps us to come to this conclusion that 13 represents rebellion. It very plainly states in Genesis 14, 1 through 4, and it came to pass in the days of Araphel, king of Shinar, Ariat, king of Elazar, Kedolaomer, king of Elam, and Tadal, king of nations, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Persia, king of Gomorrah, Shinar, king of Adma, uh, Shemeber, king of Zaboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zaor. All of these uh, were joined together in the valley of Siddim, which is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served Kadola Leomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first uh, time that the word 13 is utilized in scripture and you see it is in conjunction with rebellion, you know? And so uh, we uh, we see that the number 13 definitely points that way. Also consider Genesis 17, 25, dealing with Ishmael, you know, um, Abram's uh, son Ishmael says he was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh his foreskin. And we know later on he would rebel. Let me have my first reader read Genesis 21, 8 through 10. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, 
for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Well, so here it is. We see that Ishmael truly did rebel later and uh, to the point of getting kicked out of, of the, uh, the family land, you know, uh, if you would, you know, got kicked out of the camp. And so, uh, again, showing that this this 13 is in conjunction with rebellion. And then let us consider Korah's rebellion. Now, in Genesis 16, we have a story of Korah. You know, it starts off, it says, Now Korah, the son of uh, Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moshe, with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Now, here it is. We see Korah and the sons of, uh, of, of Reuben. They rebelled against Moshe and Aaron. Let me have my next reader read number 1635. You know, and uh, tell us what what will become of this rebellion. And there came out of the fire of from Yahuwah and consumed the two hundred and fifty men that offered incense. Okay, hold on to the mic for a sec. So here it is. We see <clears throat> that due to this rebellion, Yah caused the fire mm -hmm. to consume these two hundred and fifty men. You know, um, some people had a problem with that though. Uh, let me, um, let's, uh, let's have you read number 16, 41 through, I think it's like 45. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moshe and against Aaron, saying, ye have killed the people of Yahuwah. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moshe and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of Yahuwah appeared. And Moshe and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moshe and Aaron said, And Moshe said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from Yahuwah, the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moshe commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put in on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moshe, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Okay. I, I want to point something out. I'm just kind of off topic, you know, but, you know, something that um, to, to take note of. You know, consider verse 41. You know, uh, well, first of all, consider verse 35. It says, and there came out a fire from Yahuwah. From who? 
and consume the 250 men. So what I want to point out first and foremost is that even though this fire came from, from the heavens, the people had in their mind that that was Moshe and Aaron's doing. Right. Consider verse 41. It says, ye have killed the people of Yahuwah. You know, they were convinced that Moshe and Aaron was doing all these miracle signs and wonders. <laughs> you know, and that's really an important concept to consider. You know, because if they couldn't tell what Yah was doing in their very midst, mm. then how will we be able to tell today? Right. So many people are just looking for miracle signs and wonders. You know, and they're coming. But those very same people won't know which ones are from Yah. And which ones are from the enemy. And it's going to get them in a whole lot of trouble. You know, and these people had Yah actually leading them, cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Yah even spoke to them from off the mountain. They've seen things that man couldn't possibly do. And yet they still attribute it to the man that's before them. So I just wanted to point that out, you know, to think about that. Because so many people are looking for miracle signs and wonders, even when they come, you know. And I'm I'm pretty certain that that, you know, just about everyone in here has some type of miracle sign or wonder happened in their life already. Yes. 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 You know, and they still don't attribute it to Yah. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't. You know, they get chalked up as luck. Mm -hmm you know, or coincidence or just, you know, um, good fortune when it's actually God that's doing it, you know, and so I just wanted to point that out because I think that's like huge, you know, now, uh, next thing I want to point out, oh, let me back up, um, was that the fire came out and consumed 250 men. And then because of the same rebellion, the, the rebellion that followed the rebellion, if you would, a plague went forth from Yah. And this plague um, killed 14,700. You know, so 14,700 plus 250 is 14,950. And 14,950 divided by 1,150 equals 13. And so what I want to show you is that it's a multiple of 13. You know, and you'll find this, this is throughout scripture in many, many, many places. You know, in many places, you, you'll see stuff like this. And this is a part of the, the uh, gematria, you know, uh, but you know, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find examples like this. It's just too numerous to, to put, to put all of them, you know. So, you know, I just try to put a couple different types in the ones that's easier to see. Like this is easy to see, you know. Uh, 
Let's consider Ephraim. Tribe Ephraim. Let me have our next reader read Yeshayahu, um, chapter 7, verses 5 through 8. Because Sarah, I mean, because uh, Syria, let me wake up here. Uh, because Sarah, Ephraim, and the sons of Remaliah have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it. Even the sons of, of Tabel. Thus saith Ananiah Yahuwah, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of, of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezim. And within three score and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it be not. A people, and the head of Ephraim, of Ephraim in Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Hallelujah. So Ephraim was the uh, was the epithet or the name for the northern ten tribes, you know, and um, as as the passage tells us in verse nine, the head of Ephraim was Samaria. That was the capital of Ephraim. And this is where, this is where you, um, the kings, you know, ruled and reigned from, which was uh, 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 on the most part, by and large, was from Samaria. And by and large, most of the kings of the Northern 10 tribes after they split was of Ephraim, you know? And so, you know, here it is. We see uh, an account of them rebelling against Yah and against their brethren, Yahuda. You know, and so um, we see that they said in verse six, let us go up against Yahoo and vex it and let us make a breach therein for us. But where they made their grave areas, where they made their grave area was in set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabiah. Now that's where they messed up because you don't set some strange king over Yah's people. And Ephraim knew and understood that. And so Yahuwah pronounced judgment against Ephraim, the same, the same judgment that they would have um, happened to Yahuda, he had happened to them. You know, for he said within three score and five years, Ephraim will be broken, that it be not a people. You know, so um, now we look at that three score and five, you know, 65 divided by five is, again, a multiple of 13. 65 is a multiple of 13. 65 divided by five equals 13. And so you see this number 13, again, marks rebellion, you know, um, then we have prophet Ezekiel. Let's see what he has to say. In Ezekiel 4.4, 4, it says, Lie thou also upon thy left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. You know, and this still would be Ephraim. 
you know, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. You know, for I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity according to the number of days, 390 days. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And so we see the iniquity of the house of Israel uh, was 390 days, right? And 390 divided by 30 is 13. You know, and again, you know, their rebellion is marked with the number 13. You know, and then we have Yermiyahu. Let me have my um, next reader read Yermiyahu 25, 1 through 3. Word that came to Yermiyahu concerning all the peoples of Judah in the fourth year of Yehokim, Yehokim, the son of Josiah, king of Yehuda. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. To which Yermiyahu the prophet spake unto all the people of Yehuda and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, in the thirteenth year, Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Yehuda, even unto this day, that is the three, the three and twentieth year, the word of Yehuda hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not hearkened. All right, so we see the thirteenth marks this passage, you know, and we see rebellion is being spoken of. You know, um, the prophet is saying, look, y'all told me to tell you, you know, I told you, you know, I've spoken unto you. I rose early speaking, but ye have not hearkened. Ye rebel. You know. Let's see what happens, you know, due to that rebellion. Um, let me have my next reader read verses 8 through 11. Therefore, thus saith Yahuwah Zavahot, because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families in the north, saith Yahuwah, and Nebuchadrezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, and against the inhabitants thereof, and against all these nations round about, and will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and a hissing, and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and the voice of bridegroom and the voice of the bride and the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Hallelujah. And so here it is. Um, the land of Yahuda. They also rebelled. You know, and their punishment was, you know, to go into exile and serve under another king for 70 years. And um, what I want to point out is that whenever it refers to Israel and their rebellion, it's always a multiple of 13. But whenever it speaks about Yahuda, you know, um, whenever whenever it speaks to Yahuda about Yahuda, um, it's usually a multiple of eight and sometimes seven, you know, as we as we see here, you know, and 
So I'm saying that to say, because there is a distinction that's that's made, you know, but whenever it's in reference to Israel, you know, the Northern tribes, you know, the number is always a multiple of 13, you know, in different ways, shapes, forms, and fashions, you know, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Then we have uh, King Solomon. Oh, King Solomon. Yeah. And First Kings 7, 1 says, but Solomon was building his own house 13 years and he finished his house. And so we have that same type of dichotomy, you know, with, uh, with, with Solomon. You know, Solomon, he would, he, uh, anyone recall how long it took him to build the temple? Seven years. You know, so in reference to the temple, it took seven years, you know, but his own house took 13, you know, and so this tells us right off the rip that his house is going to rebuild. You know, Yah's house, of course, is holy, just, and true, but his house is going to rebuild. Well, let's see if it if it unfolds that way within within uh, his story. In First Kings eleven nine through eleven, it says, "And Yahuwah was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and he commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which Yahuwah commanded. Wherefore Yahuwah said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rent the kingdom from thee and give it to thy servant. You know, and so here it is. We see that he truly did rebel. Amen. You know, so Solomon did rebel his house. And not only he would rebel, his house would rebel. You know, and to see the rebellion of his of his house, let's uh have my next reader read first Kings 12, 16 through 19. So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance of the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, now see to thine own house that we So Israel departed unto their tents. But as for the children of Israel, which dwelt in the cities of Yehudah, Rehulabah, reigned over them. Then King Rehulabah sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones that he died. Therefore King Rehulabah made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David until this day. Hallelujah. So we see the house of... Um... The house of uh of Solomon truly does rebel. He rebelled from from Israel. Israel came came to you know uh his his successor, which was his son Rehoboam, you know, and asked him, could you lighten our load a bit? You know, like you know, you know, your dad was a real hard taskmaster, you know, but we we built all his cities and we built his house, so you you have a house. We built the temple, so the temple was there. You know, we've done all this work. We need to reprieve it. You know, and Rehoboam answered quite nastily, quite nastily. He rebelled against against the people in, in, their, in their, uh, 
their request for reprieve. You know, in fact, you know, promising them that under his reign, you know, it would be even greater. And so they rebelled from him. You know, and that's what we're reading about, you know, verse 19. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day, you know. And again, so we see this number 13 marking um, rebellion. And then we have the man of lawlessness, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, the number 13 marks his story too. Found the second Thessalonians um, 1 through 7. It says, well, let me have my next reader read 2 Thessalonians 1 through 7. Now we beseech you, brethren, by coming of our outer mind, Jerusalem Messiah, and by our gathering together unto you, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Messiah is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who absurdeth, opposeth, and exalted himself above all that is called. Elohim or that is worship, so that he so that he Elohim sits in the temple of Elohim, showing himself that he is Elohim. Remember you not that when I was yet with you I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be reverent. Revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity, he doeth already work. Only he who now writes will write until he be taken out of the way. Hallelujah. Okay, so within this passage, there's going to be 13 things mentioned, hmm. you know, and which speaks to. Ultimately, like one of the greatest rebellions that the earth will see, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, very, very great rebellion, you know, and it's important to understand these 13, these 13 signs or these 13 things, you know, that that will help us to identify the son of the son of um, lawlessness or the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, you know, so number one is there has to be a falling away first hmm. Hmm. you know and then it says and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition so the man of sin has to be revealed as the son of perdition you know now this word perdition actually is i think a poly a you know or you know but this root you know deals with a you know which is you know that which is supposed to come out of the uh, bottomless pit, et cetera, et cetera. Remember? Okay. So, you know, the worst thing is there has to be a falling away. Then there has to be a man of sin that's revealed as the son of perdition, you know, and this son of perdition 
he has to oppose Elohim. He has to oppose Elohim. He has to exalt himself above all that is called Elohim. Mm -hmm. He has to be worshipped. You know, by sitting in the uh, worship and sit, and he has to sit in the temple of Elohim. Mm -hmm. You know, so not just worship anywhere. He also has to sit in the temple of Elohim, showing himself that he is Elohim. Mm -hmm. And so these are six things that this this um, this character, if you would, you know, this man of sin has to do. Mm -hmm. So we need to recognize it so we won't be fooled, right? So we'll know when he come on the scene. It continues in verse 8. It says, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Adonai shall consume with the Ruach of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So if someone comes to meet these criteria up to this point, you know, and they're destroyed, and it's not with the Ruach of Yah's mouth and with the brightness of his coming, then we know that's not the guy. Right. Amen. Yeah. You know, verse nine, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan. So if someone comes and their workings isn't after the workings of Satan, we know what Satan comes to do. Still kill and destroy, right? Mm -hmm. That's the working of Satan, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so if someone comes and they're not doing the working of Satan, we know that's not the guy, right? You know, and it says with all power, signs and lying wonders you know so here it is there should also be some power being demonstrated mm -hmm. some signs you know to be to bear witness to and some lying wonders mm -hmm. that we should be able to see and so again you see why you can't just just look for the miracle signs and wonders you know because this man of lawlessness he's going to be doing them too you know, and also we can look for all deceivable, undeceivableness of unrighteousness. You know, so we're gonna we, we should be able to see that he's unrighteous and that he's deceiving people. You know, and it says, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Verse eleven. And for this cause shall Elohim shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Mm. Now, that's the last thing. You know, there has to be a strong delusion, you know, um, to cause people to believe a lie. Mm. And verse 12, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, and so these are the 12 things that mark I mean, the 13 things that mark this um, this man of lawlessness, this man of sin, you know. And so this is how we'll know when that great rebellion is upon the earth. And, you know, we can perceive that, you know, whether this the real deal or, you know, just a wicked guy just, you know, so happened to come during our time. You know, so, uh, you know, I think that's, Pretty important to know, important to know, you know. So that's all I have for you. Pray it was a blessing. Oh,